wonderful day this is, the uh, Sunday before Thanksgiving, and we hope that you're going to have great plans for the day next uh, this week. And we want to just talk a little bit about the why of Thanksgiving. It's uh, Psalm 100, and I want to just let you know that in Psalm 100, there is much more than what I would be willing or able to preach on in this service today because it divides into two different aspects. It tells you not only why we should thanksgiving, give thanks, but it also shows you how to do it. So we're going to talk about today about why thanksgiving, and you can go home and read the text and, uh, and find out how you do it. It's right in Psalm 100. It's really wonderful. Uh, I've uh, preached on it many times, and it's a, it's a great... Uh, it's a great uh, instruction on how we can really thank the Lord. Let's bow in prayer. <clears throat> Father, help us as we come into your presence. Thank you that we can read your word. Thank you we can allow it to speak to our hearts. Let it do that today, Lord. We want to see Jesus. We want to thank you for everything that you are to us. And for some who may be here who, who have never trusted you, Lord, we want them to see you in that way as well. Thank you for this time together. Bless us together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 100. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with, with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. So I ask, are you thankful? Be honest. Are you really thankful? Why did I say that? Because there's a verse in, in Proverbs 21 too, which I just love, but boy, it is convicting. Here's what it says. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the hearts. So you could answer any way you wanted today to the question, and whatever you said, you think you're right. Because that's what the scripture says. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. So it's kind of a human thing, isn't it? We always think we're just doing the right thing. It's amazing. Romans chapter 1 uh, kind of gives some, some telltale signs of our present day. Of course, it's been around for a long time. But it's interesting, in, in, in verse 21 of Romans 1, it says, Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, listen to this, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. We kind of live in a thankless generation, don't you think? In a lot of ways, we do. I went into a store and bought an item, and I gave the clerk the money. The, it was, I think it was a man. He took the money, and he and he, he did the, the transaction of the change, whatever I had to, have to get back, and he, he put the stuff in a, in a package, and then he, he, he handed it to me, he says, uh, he says uh, there you are. 
and just handed me the stuff. There you are. What, what do you mean, there you are? This is the stuff I just bought. Don't, can't you? I didn't tell him this, but can't you even thank me on behalf of your boss for making the purchase? Oh, no, none of that. There you are. So I will not get a bitter soul over something like that because rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Just keep on being happy. So here's what I did. I thanked him profusely for the fact that he took my money and, and wrapped my item up and put it in a, in a paper sack and gave it to him. I just thanked him for, for doing that for me. So, so you see, when you're thankful, you can use it in all kinds of ways. Don't let the world get, get you down because it's going to be okay. Philippians 4.4, 4, but there, there is another verse that I love. It says, in everything give thanks. Brother Chet used it this morning. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And... Uh, <clears throat> There was a boy at a birthday party, and his mother asked him, Son, did you thank Joe's mother for the party? And he says, Well, I was going to to thank her, Mom, but I didn't. Well, why not? Well, because we were lined up to leave, and, and, and the girl in front of me said to the hostess, she said, Thanks for the party. And, and Joe's mother said, Don't mention it. So I didn't. (laughs) Yeah, the kids know how to get out of it real easy. Every day should be a Thanksgiving day. The first Thanksgiving. No baseball all the summer through. No football in the fall. No TV shows to view. No phone to make a call. No train, no plane, no car, no bus to take a trip that day. And yet it seems the pilgrim was most thankful anyway. Something to think about. For every one of us in the room today, God gave us 86,400 seconds today. Have you used one of them to say thank you? Take time to be thankful for everything because everything you have because you can always have more, but you could also have less. Isn't that true? You could have less. I love this one. Gratitude turns what we have into enough. I love it. Let's get to it. Psalm 100. You have an answer sheet there. The why of thanksgiving. There are seven of them. And incidentally, there are also seven ways how you do it. This is why there are seven how. We should thank, we should thank the Lord because of his person. It, it's right there in verse 1. Just notice the phrase. Know that the Lord, he is God. This is the basis of all thanksgiving. His person, God, our Heavenly Father. We know him by experience. I hope you know him by experience, my friend. You can only do that if you have personally received him. Otherwise, you can't know him this way. Know that the Lord, he is God. It's one of the most significant names in the Old Testament. Lord, 6,823 times. Imagine it. God reminding us of who, who the Lord is. Jehovah, the I am that I am, God's holiness and hatred of sin, 
There's so much involved in this. His provision for sin. And to know, this word to know in, in verse 3, uh, notice that it, it also carries the idea of acknowledge. So we who know the Lord and claim to be believers in Jesus Christ, the most natural way that we can express thanksgiving is that we acknowledge this to other people. So I hope that in this Thanksgiving season, uh, you will know, first of all, something about his person, our Lord, and you will acknowledge him to others, telling others about Jesus. Every day should be a Thanksgiving day. I read of a, I read of a dear little old lady in an earthquake in some part of the world, and everybody was so concerned about her because uh, uh, they, she was so calm, and they did not understand her calmness. But w- what happened, they went to her and they says, Are, aren't you afraid? Because there was an earthquake going on. She says, no, I rejoice to know that I have a God that, that can shake the world. So that was her thanksgiving. Not a bad way to do it. Not a bad way to do it. So we thank him. We thank him because of his person in first place. In the second place, we should, we should thank him because of his product. Look what it says in verse 3. It is he who has made us. Did you ever think of that before? Yes, you were born the natural way that people are born, but God is the one who really made us. He made us. He is our creator. Psalm 139, uh, verse uh, 13 and 14, it, it, it talks about, David talks about how we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and you know that. We, uh, I, the, more, the more we look and study life and the, the human body, it's amazing. Who can, for instance, who can look at a fingerprint and deny God's creation? How many millions of people are there in the world and every fingerprint is different? It's amazing. Who can, who can, uh, who can think an eyeball just happened? Just, just happened. Can't do it. Did the 5,000 mechanisms of the human body develop naturally over eons of time into male and female forms? No, no, no way. How much faith does it take to think these things just happen? It takes more faith to believe in evolution than in Elohim, the creator. I'm convinced of that. David Lewis says this, talking about how that, that, how that, um, that his product, God's product, number two, his product, uh, in verse three that we just read about. It's interesting, David Lewis says that in one year, the average human heart circulates from 770,000 to 1.6 million gallons of blood through the body. Did you know that? How many of you remember Gunnar Freeberg? Gunnar Freeberg, some of you do, he used to sit down here, and every time we prayed, he used to say, oh, Lord, he says, I don't understand how this old heart just keeps beating, thump, thump, thump. Well, Gunnar, this is what it does as it thumps. It's amazing. Enough fluid to fill 200 tank cars each with a capacity of 89,000 gallons. How do you like that? That's what your heart's doing. We ought to be thankful for his product. He made us. What a, what a God. There are 35 million digest, digestion glands in the stomach alone. Ooh, sometimes in a few minutes they'll start roaring, won't they? <laughs> One square inch of skin on the human hand contains some 72 feet of nerve fibers. Think of that, stretching that out. In a single human cell, there are between 10,000 and 100,000 coded messages known as genes. If all 
directions contained in all these genes were written down, the words would fill the equivalent of 10,000 volumes of the Encyclopedia Britannica. So, folks, we can, be, we can thank him because of his product. He made us. We should thank him in the third place because of his possession. Oh, yeah, this is a good one, too. It says, we are his people. We are his people. Isn't that great? This means we are his. We belong to him. But I, you know that not all can say that. If you, if you, my friend, if you never trusted Jesus as your personal Savior, you can't, you can't say that, the, you can't say that, that, that you are his in that way because you've never trusted him. He's not your heavenly father. So we are his by creation. Everybody fits that bill. All of us are his by creation, but we are his by redemption also if we have let Jesus Christ come into our life and we have trusted him for personal salvation. I can remember in Eastside Baptist Church in Phoenix, Arizona. A simple little Baptist church with a tin roof, a sand floor, literally sand, and the preacher was Mr. Kendall, and he was, Pastor Kendall, he was preaching the gospel, and my dear granddad, who was from England, but lived in America all his life, he, during that invitation, when Pastor Kendall gave the invitation for men and women, boys and girls, to receive Jesus as Savior, my granddad was sitting more towards the back of the church, and I didn't know, know it then, but pretty soon I glanced over and I saw someone walking down the aisle towards the front where I was sitting about in the third row like this. And my granddad came and stopped and glanced over at me with that godly look, and he drew me to Jesus. I, came, I received Jesus as my Savior. I went forward and, and uh, prayed, and it was wonderful. So we are his possession. It's a wonderful thing. Knowing this, that, that we were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot. John 1, 12. But as many as received him, to them gave, gave he the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name. That's the way it is. I hope you, the, the, you will receive him today, my dear friend, if you have never done it. Receive him today. A little guy in the story, his name was Tom. Tom, where's Tom? Did Tom Knight go home? He, no, he's back here. So Tom, it's not you who built the boat, but I'm going to talk, I'm going to use his name, Tom. A little Tom built a boat, and he took it down to the, he took it down to the, the river, and he had a long string on it, and he was watching it float gently in the, in the nice current of the, of the river. But all of a sudden, a larger, a larger billow of water came up from somewhere. Who knows what it was? Probably the wind blew it up, a wave. And, and it broke the string. And he, and he lost his little boat. He just made it, went down there to play with it. He, went, he marched down the, down the side of the river trying to find the thing. He never could find it. He finally... Gave up, went home kind of sad. And one day he was walking downtown and he looked in the window and there was a boat that looked identical to the one he had made. And so he went in and told the owner, he says, sir, that's my boat. And the man says, well, I'm sorry, son, but you can't have it because you'd have to give me a dollar. So Tom 
ran home and he scratched through all his stuff and was able to pick up enough coins to make up a dollar. And he took it back to the store owner and gave it to him and says, Here, mister, I want my boat. So the man gave him the boat, and here's what Tom said. Now, he looked at the boat and says, Now, you're twice mine. First, I made you, and now I bought you. That's what Jesus did. He made you. Now he wants to buy you. Of course, he's already paid the price. If you'd only just receive him, he'll give you forgiveness of sins and prepare you for heaven. But you have to make the decision. So we should thank him because of that class. Now we should go another, number four. We should thank him because of his protection. Look at it in verse 3. We are the sheep of his pasture. Now you know that shepherds take care of sheep. That's their job. Shepherds take care of sheep. Psalm 23, the wonderful psalm that we know so well, the Lord is my shepherd, that beautiful psalm. Shepherds care for their sheep. I remember when we traveled in Israel, it was wonderful to see the shepherds on the hillside caring for the sheep, and we could see one kind of mosey off to one side, and you could hardly hear the shepherd talking, but he would talk, and that, shepherd, that, that sheep would just come right in line again because the sheep know his voice, and he knows how to take care of them. John 10, 11 says, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Because, you see, he protects us. His, we should thank him for his protection. I read a story about uh, a, a custom. I'm sure it was uh, years ago in the early American Indian culture. They used to initiate the young boys into their culture as a more adult person by taking them it was really, they'd go at night, pitch black. He was blindfolded. He was taken several miles away. And then when he would take off the blindfold, he was in the middle of a thick woods, and he was terrified, scared to death. Every time a twig snapped, he visualized a wild animal, of course, coming toward him, ready to pounce on him. And after what seemed like an eternity, dawn broke, and the first rays of sunlight entered the the interior of the forest, looking around, the boy saw flowers, trees, and the outline of the path. Then, to his utter astonishment, he beheld the figure of a man standing just a few feet away, armed with a bow and arrow. It was his father. He had been there all night long. That's what God does for you and me. He's there with us all night long and all day long as well. The valley may be dark, the shadows deep, but oh, the shepherd guards his, lone, his lonely sheep. And through the gloom, he'll lead me home. My heavenly Father watches over me. I trust in God. I know he cares for me. On mountains bleak or on the stormy sea, though billows roll, he knows. He, know, he keeps my soul. My heavenly Father watches over me. Thank God for that. So, we should thank him for his protection. And we should thank him now in the fifth place because of his provision. Look at that in verse 5. The Lord is good. You might think, well, what, what kind of provision is that? Well, 1 Corinthians has a verse. It's pretty good. 1 Corinthians 4, it says, What do you have that you did not receive? Nothing. Everything we have, we, we got it. God in his graciousness has given us so many wonderful things. He said, Matthew 5, 45, he sends the rain on the just and the unjust. Think of that. 
No partiality to Christian farmers. They all get it. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19. Because he provides. He gives us our provision. One time a beggar was along the roadside, of course, hundreds of years ago, asking alms from Alexander the Great of all things. Imagine that, a beggar asking Alexander for, for something. Well, as Alexander passed by, the emperor, emperor threw this beggar several gold coins. One of the courtiers of, of, uh, of, um, of Alexander the Great, he was astonished and, and he, with his generosity, and he said to Alexander, he says, Sir, copper coins would be adequate to meet a beggar's need. And here's how Alexander answered. Because he, he said, why give him gold? And here's what Alexander said. Copper coins would suit the beggar's need, but gold coins suit Alexander's giving. So <clears throat> our God takes delight in giving good things, the best he can for his 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 children that's the way god does it my father is rich in houses and lands he holdeth the wealth of the world in his hands of rubies and diamonds of silver and gold his coffers are full he has riches untold i'm a child of the king a child of the king with jesus my savior i'm a child of the king Paul said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus, Philippians 4, 19. So we can be very thankful today, dear friends, for his provision. And then in the fifth place, we can be thankful. We should thank him because of his passion. Look at verse 5. His mercy is everlasting. The word mercy appears 354 times in the Bible. Do you know what mercy is? It's a great, it's a great word. Mercy means God withholding from us what we deserve. It's a, great, it's a great verse. And I'll read it later on. Lamentation. Let me read it right now. It's the verse I put in my, my book that, that we sold, and I put this always in there because it's such a powerful verse. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I love it. See, because if you start comparing words, mercy is withholding from us what we deserve. Some people say, well, I want justice. You know what that is? That means getting exactly what you deserve. You don't want that, maybe. Grace is wonderful because grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. That's why we are saved by grace through faith. It's wonderful. So we should be thankful, dear friends. We should be thankful to him because of his passion. Now, we should thank him also in the seventh place for his promise. Here it is, his promise. Look at verse 5. His truth endures to all generations. What a, what a great verse that is. The word truth is a, is a, is a powerful word in, in this, uh, this psalm. And in this, uh, this chapter, the word uh, truth is actually uh, kind of the same way of saying amen. And so... And it refers to God's faithfulness and his reliability. All the, uh, as we go through God's word, we can just thank him for his, the truth of God's word. And remember, 
He is faithful and he is reliable. You can depend on him. John 14, 6, remember the wonderful verse, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one cometh to the Father but by me. Matthew 14, 25, heaven and, and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. So Jesus as the truth, and then here in, in the Matthew chapter, my word shall not pass away. And Deuteronomy 31, 6, be strong and of good courage, fear not for, the, for your God. He, it is he that goes with you. He will not fail you nor forsake you. What a God we have. What a God we serve. Remember the little chorus we used to sing a long, long time ago? Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. Oh, the blessing of his book divine. Every promise in the book is mine. So there you have it, friends. We should thank the Lord because of his person, who he is. He is the Lord. We should thank him because of his product, because he made us. We should thank him because of his possession. We are his people. And we should thank him. We should thank him because of his protection, because we are the sheep of his pasture, and like a good shepherd, he cares for us. And yes, it always gets better and better. We should thank him for his provision. The Lord is good, giving us what we really, really need. And we should thank him for his passion because his mercy is everlasting. And then for all the promises in God's word are ours. Why don't you go through the Bible? And every time you find a promise, claim it and say, Lord, help me. Help me to, to claim you, ask you for the wonderful promise giving given in this verse let us close in prayer father thank you for your word your word is rich we need your word lord how wonderful it is psalm 100 what a great psalm and today lord i ask as i close this service that men and women listening who do not know jesus that right now please Dear people who listen to my voice, as I speak to our Heavenly Father, would you just open your life and say, Jesus, I want you as my Savior. I want to start anew today so I can thank the Lord at Thanksgiving time that he is my Savior. Please make that right decision today. And you who have walked with the Lord for a long time and perhaps you have been not so thankful at times, Lord, help us all to be more thankful Give us a heart of gratitude that we might thank you for all that you have given us and all that you mean to us. Seal to our hearts, dear Lord, these seven wonderful things about why we should be thankful. And we will thank you in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.